Could fungicide supply come up short this year? I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today's daily podcast, and we answer that question coming up in the news with Andy Eubank. Today is the 20th of January, 2023. Thanks for joining us. I've got the latest Indiana farm news, weather, and market analysis brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Visit them online at ffbt.com. We've got that news story and more. We've got Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin's Indiana Farm Forecast and Markets with Mike Silver on another day of sell-offs. The news is next, here on HAT. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. How fungicides have been paying off for Indiana's farms and how higher interest rates and inflation are impacting Indiana's farm financing decisions. I'm C.J. Miller and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Well, the value of fungicides has been seen here in recent years in such a way that may now affect the actual availability of supplies. Andy Eubank explains. Fighting disease and added plant health benefits have led to positive return on investment. Agronomist Jim Hedrick explains that fungicide ROI. We've got increased disease pressure combined with high-priced grain at this point in time, so return on investment to a fungicide treatment is significantly better than it's ever been in history. Uh, Add to that the fact we have increased disease pressure like tar spot that wasn't even around 12, 13 years ago here today can take 60 to 100 bushels out of a corn yield. We've got southern rust in the southern parts of Indiana and Illinois that can take similar type bites out of yield. So again, you start looking at return on investment, uh, it makes and justifies that. But Hedrick says a problem that could materialize as soon as this year is that the fungicide production industry is not sufficiently ramped up. There will be a supply issue if demand increases, and he says it could increase two to two and a half fold. Yes, it's going to be a challenge, and I've been encouraging farmers at this point in time to be securing their supply here in the winter months. Uh, My concern is if they don't do that, we get out into July. We have a good growing season because good growing seasons coincide with high disease pressure. We need humidities for disease. So when you've got that good crop developing, that's when if you haven't been proactive, you may be all of a sudden in July saying, oh, I need fungicide. Oh, wait a minute. I can't. My retailer can't get it. My wholesaler can't get it. Uh, Supply is gone at that point in time. Additionally, Any old fungicide formulation may not do the trick. We do have several generic alternatives, but most of those contain old modes of action, and one, particularly class 11, is not effective anymore on a lot of the foliar diseases in beans, and on corn we're seeing similar resistance developing. Uh, So it's really important to use some of the premium products, but in a a dire situation or an emergency situation, we still can fall back on some of those, but supply on those are limited as well. If you've been waiting for some good news on fertilizer prices, Hedrick does see some opportunities this spring. What we've seen over the last six months is P&K prices have been declining. Nitrogen prices over the last 90 days have been declining. So as we get into the spring pricing timeframe, those that haven't bought their needs or have been deferring those needs to this point in time, I think have got opportunities over the next, next 90 days to buy at a lower cost than what we've seen in the last 90 days and particularly lower than what we saw 
in the peak in the late summer of 22. Is it wise to shop around because of price variability? Absolutely. Uh, what, what we see is some retailers are carrying in some inventory that they bought maybe in the summer of 22 at a very high price. They may have even bought some early in the fall of 22 at an elevated price. May have bought and probably did buy third to maybe half of their nitrogen needs for 23 in the late summer of 22. So again, all dealing with high-priced inventory that they have to rationalize that out here in the spring against lower cost, in some cases significantly lower cost replacement product. So yes, shopping around will be a key. Jim Hedrick is with Sagamore Ag Source and Horizon Ag Consulting. I'm Andy Eubank. Well, even though Indiana farmers saw higher yields and higher grain prices last year, they also saw higher interest rates and higher inflation, which is now having an impact on farm financing decisions. Right now with the interest rate market we have, a lot of people are just opting to go ahead and pay cash. And that's Chase Harris, financial officer with the Hagerstown office of Farm Credit Mid-America. He says there's been a shift in how Hoosier farmers have been borrowing money for their farms. In the last several years, we've had rates in the maybe 3 to 4% range. And at that point, a lot of people are borrowing, you know, maybe the 100% of the cost of the purchase of that farm. We're now 6, 7, maybe even 8% interest rates. People are a lot more likely to put down 25, 50% uh, sometimes just to bring down that interest cost. But not everything's negative when it comes to high interest rates. Uh, obviously, your money in the bank is worth more. For example, our farm cash management account right now is paying over 3%. So, you know, your money's worth a little more now. He also says more farmers are financing for other reasons. A lot of farmers right now are looking at ways to diversify. So not just the soybean and corn. They're looking at ways they can diversify their operation. Maybe that's through a tiling business. Uh, maybe that's through livestock. So if grain prices do suffer, they're not so dependent on that income stream and they have other things to fall back on to uh, diversify through the, the tough times. Harris says if you plan on financing in 2023, it's best to sit down and figure out your budget and how much cash you have on hand to help lower your borrowing costs. If you know what acreage you're going to be farming, you can kind of budget equipment upgrades along the way, whether you plan to pay cash for those, maybe a land purchase is something you know you have aspirations of and really putting pen to paper to see how feasible that is so you can plan for the future for your farm not just this year but for the next several years to come. To work with a Farm Credit Mid-America financial officer near you visit e-farmcredit.com. I'm CJ Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. And it's always like clean oil because most of my stuff leaks. So, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. To agriculture. We go from the cute and cuddly phase to the not so cute and cuddly phase. You can cuddle with them at 290 pounds. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably against your will, I'm guessing. And, well, other things. He calls them all variable costs. That's bull. <laughs> They're not variable costs. <laughs> I think you meant to say that's yeah. fertilizer, right? Staying on topic, <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Colder air taking over over the Hoosier State here today. In the cold air mass, we're likely going to be seeing some clouds around through the day, but I don't think it's going to be a major problem for us. We are not looking at new precipitation out of the clouds. You might see the odd flurry trying to pop up in parts of Michigan. But in Indiana, I just don't expect much. High pressure tries to take control as we go into the start of the weekend. That means Saturday we stay chilly, 
but we should see better sunshine potential. Clouds then go back on the increase as we move through the overnight tomorrow night. That leads to a little bit of light snow for Sunday. Scattered snow showers developing in the pre-dawn hours, continuing through midday and early afternoon. Coating to an inch or two is all we're looking at. The best shot at heavier accumulations will be down near the Ohio River. And then we move into next week with a drier forecast again, at least for Monday and Tuesday. Significant area of low pressure coming out of the southern plains at midweek next week. Right now, we're seeing that low track mostly to our south. The low coming across the northeastern parts of Louisiana through northern Mississippi and then into western Tennessee before hitting central Kentucky. That track of the low keeps us in the cold sector all the way through. I think we have to allow for some snow to develop over Indiana next Wednesday. Could be some significant snow if things hold together the way we're seeing right now, but I am not going to step out and try and put any kind of accumulation totals on it yet. Let's go through the weekend. Let's see how data is looking for uh, movement of the low early next week, and then we'll try and zero in on some kind of snow total for you Monday into Tuesday. Behind that, we are back to precinct precipitation free and cold weather to finish next week Thursday and Friday well below normal temperatures seeing some temperature moderation over the weekend of the 28th in the central plains that may get close to us as we finish out Sunday the 29th but then I think cold air reasserts itself across the region to go into the week of the 30th and the flip of the calendar from January into February that's the way your forecast is stacking up I'm chief meteorologist Ryan Martin I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today's Thursday Farm Market Review, brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show next month. They'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance, it's in their genetics. Final numbers from Thursday Trade coming in just moments. First, let's check in with Mike Silver. He's with Kokomo Grain and get his market analysis. Mike, it seems to me like more of the same today. We've been talking about this South American weather forecast for a long time now. Not much fresh there other than it might be improving a bit, and that's showing up on the board with losses across the grain complex here on Thursday. That's certainly a correct assessment, Eric. Uh, the weather forecast for South America have become more crop-friendly in the last several versions of those forecasts and it, it is it has pressured the soybean market yet again today so you were seeing the soybeans down and corn and wheat are kind of following that lead um, stock market is lower today so we're seeing some macroeconomic issues uh, stocks lower today on recession fears and that's been a yo-yo type of situation but we've also seen some announcements yesterday from some of the major tech companies of some pretty significant job layoffs and that obviously is having some impact uh, on this uh, fully factor integrated grain market you know there was a time when supply and demand were pretty much the drivers in determining grain prices but since grains have become an asset class and managed money seeks the, the best return in the shortest period of time, uh, we've seen a lot more volatility in the grain markets and, and uh, it's, it's harder to figure that as association out between supply and demand. But 
but it's been that way and it's going to continue that way. So we just have to learn to be good students of the market and stay on top of things and, and uh, avail of ourselves of opportunities to sell at uh, prices that, that we have better than we are today. And from a historical standpoint, the prices that we have today uh, in, in, in a historical timeline are still pretty good. Not the highest they've ever been, but certainly at the upper end of, of the many decades range as we look at things. Now, in regards to supply and demand, we did see a flash corn sale this morning to Mexico, 195,000 tons. Uh, that's 7.67 million bushels. So we did have that flash sale and we haven't seen a lot of those of late. Hopefully, uh, we can continue to see those. We need to continue to see those. Um, there's some talk uh, in some of the wires today about uh, China maybe showing some signs of bouncing back from their um, economic afflictions because of their severe COVID uh, problems. Uh, but there is talk today uh, that that may be easing and we may see some some consumer demand come into the global marketplace from, from China, and that would certainly be good. Uh, the USDA and uh, federal government reports have all been delayed a day this week because of the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday on Monday. So we did get the EIA report today uh, on our ethanol production, and that rose to 1.008 million barrels a day last week. That's up from 943 the previous week and up from 844,000 barrels uh, the prior week. And, and that cold weather that we experienced here several weeks ago certainly um, slowed ethanol production, uh, but we are starting to see some recovery from that. Uh, the production of ethanol utilized 101.6 million bushels of corn last week. Um, that was up from the 95 the week before. So we had a 6.6 .6 million bushel increase in corn use for ethanol. The estimated marketing year to date corn use for ethanol is at 1.9 billion bushels. That's down 129 million or 6.4% from the previous year's pace and down more than 25 million from the seasonal pace needed to meet the USDA target for the marketing year. But again, a lot of that <clears throat> is due to the uh, negative impact of the, the, that severely cold weather that we had several weeks ago. So we've got some catching up there to do. Hopefully we can see some increase in our export sales numbers. Uh, those numbers will be released tomorrow morning at 8.30, again, delayed one day this week because of the holiday on Monday. Uh, farmers continue to deliver their January forward contracts for both corn and soybeans. Uh, they, have, they have taken advantage of some of the recent rallies we've seen by increasing their old crop sales. Uh, but here in these last several sessions where we've seen these decline, daily declines in prices, that activity has backed off a little. But uh, folks are putting open offers in the market, which we are encouraging them to do at better prices that we can offer today. And that, that offer deck is building. So that's what we continue to do as folks get ready or for the crop that we'll be putting into the ground here in just a few short months and time is going to continue to fly eric again that's mike silver with kokomo grain you can reach mike at 800-666-0613 
Final numbers now from Thursday trade down four on March corn, 677 and a quarter. May down four and a half, 674 and three quarters. Deese corn down four and three quarters to 596 and a quarter. March beans down nine and three quarters, 1514 and three quarters. Off a dime on the May to 1511 and a half. Novi beans down nine and three quarters to 1364 and a half. March wheat loses eight, 734 and a half. In livestock, February live cattle off 85 cents, 155.95. And February lean hogs lost 67 cents to 76.65. And that puts a bow on the Thursday Farm Market Review and the Friday Morning Hat Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy your weekend. And hey, don't just stop with our weekday podcast. Tune in Saturday morning as well, the Hoosier Ag This Week podcast with the top news from Indiana and U.S. agriculture from this past week, as well as Ryan Martin's Indiana Farm Forecast and a look at the markets. Check it out on Hoosier Ag This Week. It'll be right here at HoosierAg.today.com Saturday morning. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network.